Just as tides and temperatures impact the ocean, it's the things we don't see that make the biggest impact on maritime trade compliance. Sea Searcher Advanced Risk and Compliance illuminates risk like a lighthouse in a storm, enabling you to save time and effort completing sanctions compliance checks, investigations, and monitoring vessels for illicit activity. Find out more at lloydslistintelligence.com. The Lloyd's List Shipping Podcast. Welcome to the Lloyd's List Podcast. I'm Richard Mead, editor of Lloyd's List. The revival of the multinational nuclear deal known as the Joint Comprehensive Plan of Action, or JCPOA, that was signed in 2015 and later abandoned by Donald Trump three years later, is a significant one for shipping. Should the talks currently ongoing in Vienna bear fruit, the return of Iran to the international stage with US sanctions against the Islamic State potentially being dropped will have immediate consequences. Before sanctions were reimposed, Iran's monthly exports were between 2.5 and 3 million barrels per day. That suggests at least 800,000 to a million barrels per day will be added back into the market once exports resume. But the bigger question for shipping is what the deal looks like in terms of compliance. Those hoping that the punitive sanctions that Donald Trump imposed on Iran and Venezuela and various others that have disrupted global shipping and catalyzed an industry-wide upgrade of compliance risk processes will start to be eased, well, they are likely to be disappointed. The increasingly onerous and expensive compliance burden that has been borne by the shipping sector over recent years is not about to evaporate in the wake of an Iranian nuclear deal. On the contrary... We've been arguing for some time now that compliance is actually getting more complex because the evasion tactics being used by those circumventing scrutiny are evolving and outpacing the existing sanctions effectiveness. You don't have to just take my word for it. Joining me on the podcast this week, I've drafted in not one but two experts to help us navigate the murky waters of sanctions, risk and compliance. Amelie Corning-Wedditch is the Head of Sanctions and Compliance at Danske Bank. Lee Hansen is a partner at the law firm Reed Smith, specialising in sanctions and compliance for shipping. As you will hear, they are both very much of the view that whatever happens with Iran next, the target on the maritime sector's back is not about to be ripped off. The compliance genie is not being put back into the bottle. In fact, for those banks and insurers seeking to apply transparency to the opaquest end of seaborne trade, Many are only just realising how far they still need to go in order to mitigate the risk that the Trump era in some way helped expose. As the former US Deputy Attorney General Paul McNulty pithily summarised it, if you think compliance is expensive, try non-compliance. Amelie and Lee, welcome to the Lawyers List podcast. Thank you so much for being here. So we're talking very broadly around the issue of sanctions and compliance risk for shipping. And we're doing that in the context of some developments in terms of the US position on Iran. What happens there is very much a political question. What happens next, however, is a very important question for shipping, because the issue of sanctions compliance for shipping has been a huge topic in the industry uh, for, for several years. Now, assuming that uh, Iran does manage to find some deal within the JCPOA and and the US uh, restrictions are lifted, the question of whether sanctions and 
risk compliance is going to somehow evaporate for the shipping industry is the question I want us to focus on for today. Um, we have two uh, leading experts, one from a financial compliance background, one from a legal background to offer them expertise on this subject. So, Lee, I'm going to start with you as the legal expert in this panel. Um, give us an opening view in terms of uh, what you think is the pressure off for shipping once Iranian sanctions are lifted in your view? Yeah, no, I mean, I, I absolutely don't think the pressure is going to be off for shipping um, if the Iran sanctions are eventually lifted. Um, you know, the shipping community has been under intense scrutiny from really all directions, you know, regulators, finance, insurance, the media, specialty groups like Iwani, um, the United Against Nuclear Iran, and they have all shifted their focus to the maritime community. And there's really no indication that that's going to let up, even if some of the Iran sanctions are eventually lifted. Um, you know, there are still very robust sanctions in place against um, countries like Venezuela and Russia, and those are unlikely to go away anytime soon and, in fact, may become more problematic for industry. And from a, a, a financial point of view, Amelie, um, the, the real driver behind a lot of the uh, scrutiny and concern from the shipping industry's point of view is very much driven by the banks and compliance. We've seen the banks invest millions and millions of dollars in terms of uh, compliance departments, but I don't think it's fair to say that the shipping industry has quite kept up with that pace. And I guess there has been this concern of breaching things that the shipping industry were in many cases not even aware of in some cases. How would you characterize the current level of scrutiny that shipping is under when it comes to sanctions compliance? And do you think that is going to in any way ease? Right. Thanks for that question. And I, I think there are a few things to unpack there. So so let me maybe focus a little bit on, on the Iran deal first and, and then the second part of your question in terms mm -hmm. of the, the level of scrutiny and the compliance investments. And I think it's important to, to realize, I think, as Lee also pointed out here, that we are reading the tea leaves uh, until we actually see the outcome of the deal, because at this point in time, we don't know what type of sanctions relief the deal will ultimately end up in. And there are a lot of components to think about there, especially if you're sitting in a financial institution, in terms of what is going to be my risk of uh, potentially increased Iran business post a deal, depending on the specifics of what relief is actually achieved. Now, every time we have these um, sanctions relief packages and deals, there's a little bit of a gold rush, uh, also in the banking sector, but of course also with the clients that we serve to try to see what are actually the possible is going to be for us to engage now and to, to build up and to capture some business there. So I think the likely first industry response we're going to see post the deal will be to examine that really, really closely and try to get a view of what's going to be the, the residual risk going to be uh, if we were to re-engage. And based on where we're sitting right now, uh, obviously reading sea leaves, I don't think that there's going to be a lot of financial institutions actors who are going to rush in, who are going to be sufficiently incentivized to change what in this day and age are very, very restrictive internal policies with regards to any direct or indirect business with Iran. So we'll need to see how it plays out. But uh, if you can't get the transactions that will facilitate shipping business in Iran through, which are sitting in the banking sector, it's going to be very hard for other actors to also engage. The second part of your question in terms of the, the sanctions risk faced by the shipping industry in this day and age is that it's, it's very much 
we see it as sort of almost the next frontier, if you will. We see increased regulatory scrutiny, more and more clear compliance expectations coming from sanctions authorities. So the pressure is definitely not going to let up there. And we are, we actually find ourselves in a quite a different situation compared to 2015 when the JCPOA was signed in its first iteration um, because the compliance standards have increased since then, especially for the shipping sector and also sectors that have some sort of maritime nexus, as we've seen recently with uh, the OFAC advisory as well as the equivalent one coming out of the UK. So essentially, we're not putting the genie back in the bottle, regardless of the political agreements that may follow. This is still going to be a concern. I mean, Lee, does that leave us in a a bit of a, a grey area in, in the shipping industry where essentially you've got political direction, but the legal risk is still going to be something that the industry is going to need to concern themselves with? Yeah, absolutely. You know, there's a significant number of you know, ongoing sanctions compliance issues that the shipping and maritime industry is going to have to continue to consider. Um, You know, what level of due diligence are they going to be conducting? What level of due diligence will be expected of them? You know, we're really seeing, and I think as, um, you know, we just talked about, things have really shifted from 2015 till now. I mean, I I can remember back when, um, you know, OFAC was suggesting that uh, owners, you know, monitor AIS, make sure that they're, you know, focused on AIS manipulation and disabling. At the time, it was just a collective eye roll. But I think now we're really starting to see more and more of that, um, you know, coming into play in, in both, you know, contract um, agreements, finance agreements, um, and insurance requirements. Mm. And the reality is that if there is a discrepancy between um, the political agreements and the reality of the market, what we've seen over the last few years and is an increasing sophistication certainly on the part of Iranian entities that are able to circumvent the sanctions and you know we've detailed the various activities of subterfuge shipping operations in noise list for for many months if not years if there is a need to get around those restrictions there are ways of doing it and in a market where that is still continuing to happen vigilance is obviously going to be key, I guess, for anybody wanting to do business with them. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you know, we we do see routinely things like false documents, um, you know, spoofing, physical alteration of vessels. It's it's quite commonplace. Um, and I think, you know, industry, I think, is getting more sophisticated. They're not taking just, you know, the word of a particular you know, charter. They're they're really examining things more closely, particularly in high risk sectors. You know, talking mm. about petroleum transport, for example. And of course, we're not just talking about Iran here. There's restrictions against companies and individuals and entities. You know, with over 30 countries just in the UK in the EU alone. I suspect there's probably more when you look at the full list of OFAC and US restrictions. The reality is that in order to avoid doing business with an entity that is potentially going to be breaching some form of sanction at some level, you really have to know exactly who it is that you're dealing with. And you mentioned due diligence and the uh, industry acronym KYC, you know your customer. Uh, you know, that's something that I think is probably a relatively recent uh, discussion point at board level within shipping, but it's now having to become part and parcel of how people operate. Do you think there is now an acknowledged um, 
level of due diligence and KYC that, that shipping is having to go through? And do you think that's fully understand understood amongst the various clients you have? I put that to both yeah. of you, but I mean, from a financial point of view, Emily, I mean, do, do, do you think that the clients that are doing business with Danske Bank fully understand the uh, sophistication of, of what it is they need to be dealing with here? Right. So so I think we have certainly observed a higher level of maturity and sort of also commitment to building up more sophisticated control frameworks, sanctions compliance programs within the past few years. So we see we see the pressure coming from the regulators, but also the general market definitely having an, an effect on on clients. Is it at the level where it needs to be in order to be to safely do business in some of these parts of the world involving specified persons and entities? Probably not, but maybe similar to the journey that a lot of financial institutions have been up, been on in terms of build up of these capabilities. We now see the the shipping sector sort of waking up to that new reality. But I absolutely agree with what you said before. The the sanctions landscape is becoming more complicated and you're not only dealing with sort of traditional sort of blacklisting sanctions blocking sanctions you're also dealing with geographical restrictions you're dealing with indirect risk you're dealing with counterparty risk as well as good industry and export controls as well as of course the the secondary sanctions risk if you are uh, a non-us uh, non-us actor a non-us financial institution so it's it's extraordinarily difficult and i think we realize that in conversations with clients that they're also waking up to that fact mm. I mean, Lee, your your clients are obviously the blue chip end of the industry, and uh, they're going to be seeking to double check things they've already done, no doubt. But um, presumably there is, you know, that residual concern. And when people are coming to you, I guess they are coming to you and saying, is there a risk? You know, are, are there things that we are uh, missing here in terms of how we deal with this? Yep, absolutely. I mean, and you know, honestly, I think you you might even be surprised to or maybe not you would maybe you would not be that surprised to hear actually you know there's a lot of entities um even ones that you might think of being as as blue chip that that don't necessarily have it all together um you know a lot of times issues are raised as we talked about earlier by you know the finance companies or the insurers and companies are completely unaware that perhaps their vessels are engaged in certain types of activities but i, I do agree that things are changing people are becoming more educated um and Really, it's not only just the fear of you know what a regulator might do, because commercially, I think the risk is that your customers won't want to do business with you if you don't have the right compliance in place. Mm. We're seeing more and more of that. I, we, we're certainly talking around the area of uh, companies seeking to avoid unintentional risk. There is going to be an end of the industry that is deliberately going to be testing the boundaries of this shifting political will to enforce whatever sanctions are left at the end of this, because whether we uh, like it or not, there is opportunity there. And the reality is that we've been tracking a, a fleet of 160 plus old tankers that we've dubbed the subterfuge fleet. And the reason they're doing that is because they can earn significant amounts of money by doing it. That's not going to go away. Uh, simply because the political goalposts are going to be shifting. There is always going to be an appetite to uh, cash in on some of the riskier, more opaque ends of shipping. How do we as an industry deal with that grey area, that bit between testing the rules and knowing where the boundaries are? Do you, do you think there's ever going to be a sort of uh, a defined line or are we always going to be slightly in the grey area? 
from my perspective, I think yeah, certainly there is always going to be a gray area because as you suggest, you know, where there are rules, um, you know, there are rules to be broken and people are interested in making money. They're willing to take some risks that other companies are not willing to engage in. So I think that's always going to be some element of the of the industry. And Emily, just going back to you from a from a financial perspective, uh, how how confident are you that the banks and by extension, I guess the the insurance sector and and, and the various other supporting cast of shipping institutions that allow these trades to happen? How sure are you of where those boundaries are? And you know that 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 transitional period where we see the politics changing um, and going into you know new territory. How quickly does that shift in your view? So so I think almost counterintuitively, uh, the actors who are very sophisticated and who have good comfort around their control environment and their capabilities can also be the ones who might tend to want to try to fly a little bit closer to the sun, to your point, to to try to test the boundaries and to try to think about, well, a lot of this work from a deterrent perspective, but but how credible is that threat and how credible is that enforcement risk really? So I wouldn't be altogether surprised if we see sort of some actors trying out different things um, and sort of different mechanisms for for re-engaging with, uh, with Iran, if that's what we are talking about. But more generally, I think that, that the industry at large is going to find itself uh, in a situation that's not going to be too different compared to where we've been for the past few years with very limited engagement, but sort of periodic attempts to try to, to ease up the situation. And finally, I mean, from, from both your perspectives, I mean, do you see any remaining risk areas that the industry needs to address? What, what's your sort of general advice when you're dealing with clients on both sides, both legal and financial? Uh, in terms of how to how to navigate their way through some of these sort of slightly more difficult gray areas, is there anything that the industry needs to do better? Do you think? I, I certainly, from my perspective, um, you know, utilizing the the resources that are out there, um, whether it be, you know, um, tanker tracking software or um, you know, making sure they've got good AIS data, they really do need to. I think. Um, work a little bit harder to, to understand where their vessels are, what they're doing. Yeah, and I think I would add to that that the, the technology angle in this sector is definitely something that can help a lot of companies, a lot of shipping companies uh, move forward in this area. And then if you complement that with a stronger focus on policy and a, str- a stronger focus on controls than maybe what's been the situation in the past, this is not an insurmountable challenge, uh, but it does require that you address some potentially some fairly fundamental shortcomings uh, in terms of your compliance capability, focus on the area, et cetera, uh, so that you can define what are my biggest risk areas and how do I how do I mitigate that? How do I remediate it so that I'm operating within a risk level that I'm actually comfortable with? And I think addressing it from that perspective is something we've not yet seen uh, to the degree that I think is ultimately going to be necessary because this is not going to go away. This is going to be a continual challenge and something that you continually need to invest in. Well, for now, I guess it's all eyes on Vienna to see what happens with the ongoing negotiations between the US, the EU and Iran. But uh, for now, um, Emily and Lee, thank you very much for joining the Lawyers List podcast. Thank you very much. Having us.